0: Hello and welcome to the B2B podcast, the best place to collect killer ideas for big business. And today we have got a beast in the building. She is an enterprise sales all star, an elite coach, and the founder of Sales Team Builder LLC, where she helps businesses build repeatable processes and winning playbooks that actually produce revenue. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome
1: Leslie Vinnett. Yes, love it. I'm going to bring you everywhere with me to be my hype man. I I need that energy in my life. So happy to be here, Travis Jazz, for this conversation.
0: Love it, love it. Thank you for spending your time, sharing your expertise with us. Where, Where are you tuning in from today? How are you doing over there?
1: I'm in Tampa today, so I'm I'm mixing it up. Home base is Chicago, Uh, but we have a second place in Tampa. And why not get rid of winter a little bit early and enjoy some fun in the sun? (laughs)
0: Yes, getting rid of winter early. Uh, Respectable strategy. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time today. A quick, simple one here just to get a, a dose of your world. What are you most grateful for? right now in your life business any category of anything what is top of mind
1: i have a pretty rigorous gratitude practice so it's hard it's hard to pick what you know actually i would say an umbrella one right now is that i am in the middle of a sober curious reset which is something i wanted to do for a long time like now that i'm doing it i could admit that it was in the back of my mind for a long time as something i wanted to test but was frankly afraid to test because I was like, oh no, like what if I'm an alcoholic? Um, it has been uh, incredible. I didn't just give, I gave up alcohol for Lent, but I didn't want to just give up alcohol. I really wanted to make it an exploration of my relationship with alcohol. And I am so grateful to have the space to do that because it is it is something that has required like a lot of time and mental and emotional energy so to be able to have the space to do that is something I am very grateful for right now.
0: Mm, very interesting. Yeah, something I will definitely have to keep top of mind and explore after the show now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> um, very interesting to explore. Because uh, I know you've been in a a bit of a recalibration from your old world, your corporate world, to now this new chapter, this new era of uh, taking everything you've learned in corporate era and bringing it to a practical practice system process. Um, and what I can tell f- uh, from that, at least from my LinkedIn stalking and from what I can see on the outside, um, that's not an easy journey um, to jump from being on the other side of the nine to five to controlling your own world, controlling your own destiny um, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed it's a, a a weird new world so i would love to hear your version and your perspective of that story what was your highlights on what people would call the the 9 to 5 world and 9 to 5 life um and what is this transition period of you pursuing entrepreneurship and building that business building these uh this your own boat your own lane to sh- <laughs> Uh, how has that experience been, um, and what lessons can we start to explore and extract from that journey?
1: Yeah, Re- recalibration. I like I like that phrase. That's a good one. And I would imagine that most people listening are on some sort of recalibration journey of their own. Um, so I, I was sharing this off camera. I recently celebrated my one year anniversary as a full time founder. It was a journey. Yes. Thank you. It was a journey before that. Um, cause I am my company sales team builder. I, I got the LLC in 2017. And, you know, part of this, this one year anniversary was a process of reflecting. And one of the things I know was that in 2017, I was not ready to become a full time founder. So I think like part of the recalibration was, preparing financially and mentally and emotionally to be ready to leave corporate Um, because there there are some nice comforts to having that check, especially coming out of tech sales. My gosh, was it a weird transition when like thousands of dollars didn't just show up in my bank account twice a week. Um, A year later, I can say I, you know, speaking of gratitude, I can, can say I am like so, so, so grateful to have done the work, like not just in those, those couple of years of prepping to go full time, but really throughout that 15 year career of uh, constantly leading with curiosity and, and, you know, insatiably wanting to like learn and help others and create connection. Cause all of that set me up for success. Um, and, like I, I think my my big takeaways in my reflection, one was, and this might not resonate so much with your audience, but one was: so, can I curse on this?
0: Oh, go for it. Okay, go it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, one, honestly, Travis, was that people won't shut the fuck up about about scaling. Like they just, it is. And I I get it, right? Like I came out of the like the tech sales SaaS sales space. And it is like how, you know, how do we get our first sale? How do we get our first 10? How do we get our first hundred? How do we get to a million? Like it is always how what is that next big milestone? And mostly those milestones are based on external markers of success because we're going for funding. So it's not that I don't understand where it comes from or that I don't think that people are trying to help when they offer advice, but what So few people asked me is what I created the business for and what my goals were and what I wanted to do. And had I have not spent that four years before going full-time, like really thinking about my reasons for creating the business and what I wanted the business to look like and my life in relation to the business to look like, I really would have had some. Like fundamental doubts about whether or not I was doing it right in year one, because 90% of the narrative is that if you're not scaling, you're not successful. But I was scaling, I was just scaling like profit margins and I was scaling my revenue and I was stealing my ability to read more books or go on more vacation. I, I was scaling, but I was scaling in ways that were right for me, not against those external markers of success. Um, so that, that was a big one. I have a couple other ones, but I feel like that was a sort of bombshell one.
0: Wow. No, it is one of the, it's one of those things that until you experience it, we often have kind of the, it's similar to like the social conditioning. I, I, I kind of relate it to the hustle culture dilemma of it's just like more, bigger pick up the phones dial more numbers it's just a numbers game bro like all and all of this stuff and like then you really just have to unpack it and like i because i got pulled into that too very deeply and like and you're like well what if i could just work four hours a day and make the same amount of revenue and income like and that's what you're saying with profit margins operational efficiencies scaling. You can still scale your team, scale your efficiency. It doesn't have to be bottom line revenue growth forever until the end of time. (laughs) Love, love, love having a more practical approach that obviously there has to be a necessary level um, to keep the business alive and floating. But I love that you've opened the door to this conversation of building a lifestyle, building a business. It's kind of the new version of the old Tim Ferriss four-hour work week-like era. We're in the post-pandemic like version of that. You can build a business and work entirely hybrid or remote, uh, and it's a whole new opportunity for other people to discover and explore. So I know there's people that are either making this transition or considering it at the moment. I'm curious for your journey, what signals were you reading into for that leap, that business opportunity? I guess there's two things to consider here. What was the business in general? I guess what made you kind of see those signals? And then part B, what was the timing that made it gave you kind of the green light and like the thumbs up that like, this is it, this is the time?
1: Yeah, the timing question is a a little bit easier. So I'll answer that one first. Um, I had been slowly ramping the business, but I didn't think I wanted to go full time. That wasn't my aim. Like it very much was just like a passion project side hustle sort of thing. Um, and I had been, I, I knew I wanted to leave my current job and I assumed what I would do next is go get that like CRO had a sales VP of sales like I was I was pathing towards CRO CEO reporting line owning the entire commercial function that's what I had had in my mind for 15 years of working my ass off in corporate america is pathing towards that you know like like big deal role Um, mm-hmm. and on the side because why not have some some you know income stream diversity I was doing sales team builder. And in 2021, or in 2020, I launched a TikTok channel. But in 2021, um, I was getting a ton of inbound leads from TikTok. And it ended up being like 46K in revenue. And that was in addition to what was coming from LinkedIn. And it was that first seed of being like, huh. May, like maybe this is enough that I can make it a full-time business so that was like that was what kind of turned I think turned the dial for me is that it seemed like it was organically happening and it seemed so achievable like it just it wasn't a stretch it was sort of sitting in front of me and then that was paired with just a series of terrible 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 interviews that made me... I, I got to the point where I remember getting off a uh, phone call with an offer that fell apart because it turns out that they were terrible human beings. Um, and I walked out of my office and I just like sat on the hardwood floor in front of my husband. And I looked at him and was like, maybe I just don't even want to be in sales anymore and for anybody listening that knows me like i live and breathe sales right like i'm in sales i talk about sales i made a tiktok channel on sale. like i i love sales it's it's not just a job for me it's my profession so to like get to that point of questioning if i even wanted to stay in the profession um it was a real it was a real line in the sand moment um of realizing like why why do I want to build something for somebody else when I can build it for myself? And why am I trying so hard to work for these people who like don't respect sales as a profession? And there was also just a lot of like very latent sexism happening. It was like, why, like, why try to fix one organization when I can work with many? Um, and then I Got on a Friday, a job offer that was my dream job offer. It was a 460K job offer. So like a like re- a life-changing amount of money. It was a VP of sales role, reporting to the CEO, like getting to build my vision of the commercial function, diverse board, actual diversity charter, like very literally it checked all of my boxes. And then the next day, I won the biggest single deal I'd won yet for sales team builder. So like within 24 hours, I had these two paths sitting in front of me. And when I talked about the job, like the corporate job, it was, you know, that would be responsible. That's what I've said I always wanted. And when I talked about the sales team builder gig, it was, oh my gosh, we can do this and I can try this and I'm so excited. And it like, it just in this, this moment, it crystallized and it became obvious that all of these little things were creating layers that made it impossible for me to ignore that I like, I knew what my new path was and it was betting on myself.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. I cannot imagine the difficulty of that decision. Um, (laughs) comparing those two because it literally is like the American dream, like sitting there in in a box or what we've been told is the American dream. Um, and you were able to listen to these signals, whatever they are, whether it's universe, gods, any, anything, there's something there that made you Lean towards that direction. And I think that's the piece of the puzzle. So many folks need to get comfortable, A, recognizing that, but B, making that the second decision for yourself. That was the key, key phrase and key word um, I saw come to light, because if people were Building that life or they're making their parents proud or what they thought all their homies at high school would, would sh- thought that you should do. Uh, you'd probably be sitting in that job, but today you're carving and building your own path, building that business. Um, and you're crushing it from what I could see on the outside so far. So I hope we can continue that trajectory. Um, which is a perfect segue into our next segment where. Uh, we try to capture your secret sauce. What are you doing over there that is clearly uh, working, clearly going well for you? Um, so I just have a few questions to explore that. The first one's more on your personal individual life kind of day-to-day uh, approach. What would you consider uh, a what habit or task? would you consider just non-negotiable for something that you have to do every day, life, business, any category? um, What's something that is non-negotiable on your list?
1: Oh, it's, it's a long list because I'm a very, like, I'm pretty obsessive about time management and habits and, and rituals. So I start every day with a short meditation. I have a really robust journaling practice um, and some of those are, I mean, look, I'm obsessed with my soul cycle by, like I have a, you know, emotional relationship and attachment to it. Um, I think some of those are the more obvious ones. I, I would say the time, like my relationship with time management is probably less obvious. And I don't want to say more related to my success, but, you know, I I feel like it's a, maybe a little bit more tangible, a little bit more actionable. Um, so a couple of my non-negotiables around are around my boundaries. And this is something that I have carried throughout my entire career. I'm using it in a slightly different way now that I own my own time. Um, and part of that, interestingly, Travis, is about setting boundaries so that I don't work too much.
0: Oh, interesting. Which is
1: like, it was, that was a really hard transition for me Mm -hmm. when I became a full-time founder because I realized it was the first time in my entire life I've ever owned my own time. It wasn't a job or a parents or a class schedule. Like it was just mine. Uh, and I really felt a tremendous amount of guilt around giving myself space sitting in stillness around like not being busy for the sake of being busy, because, you know, to your point, like hustle, hustle, we've just been like indoctrinated to do it. So some of it is creating boundaries around like, um, I have two phones, and one of them has my work email, my LinkedIn, like anything business, this gets turned off and locked in the office at night. So I create a stopgap where like, but I don't, I don't need to exercise willpower to do it because I'm like I'm I'm not an angel. If it's on my phone, I'm going to be looking at it, right? Like I'm just addicted to my phone and social media as everybody else. So I have to create like a, a physical object that I remove. Um, the way I use my co- well, the way I use my calendar links in general, I think, is a good example. But specifically, Coffee Connects, um, because part of and and this is true for you too, I know that like part of what is important to me is being available to help others. But like, you you can't just only do that. You you need to build your business, need to make your money, need to spend time doing things that aren't Mm -hmm. work-related. So like, I have a Coffee Connect link and it's open for a maximum of four hours a week, like hard stop. And so it's usually booking five, six, seven, eight weeks out. And the amount of people that see that it's, you know their first availability is six, seven weeks out and they come back and ask me for a time that sooner. Oh, hey, it looks like your first time is until June. Can you fit something in sooner? And just say no. And I know that sounds simple, but it is a skill that was difficult for me to master. Like it took me my 20s to master no. <laughs> You're seeing that availability because that is, in fact, my availability. You can have it or not have it. Um, but it's, it's you know, I think what's so funny about those like boundaries, priorities that all come into the time management umbrella is that they're so little, right? Like I meditate for seven to 10 minutes a day. I journal like as I'm going to bed at night for 15 or 20 minutes. I say no. Like they they aren't these huge, dramatic, sweeping changes, but... Those little actions, habits, rituals I found have really added up to like be my secret sauce that allow mm-hmm. me to live a life where I feel really fulfilled and happy, um, but that I'm also you know s- still making six figures. <laughs> Can't pretend like is- money doesn't matter to me because it does. Yes. <laughs> no,
0: this is uh, amazing because it is very easy to steer off the spectrum and to almost... <laughs> Hippie land of all uh, we, we just live in the moment, man. That's all that exists. Like, well, yeah, rents also do on the first. Right. Like, um, <laughs> so I love that you've really found a practical approach and, um, also having given like kind of this, like, here's a <laughs> three step thing that's going to work for every person. It's very much personal to you, um, to carve that time. So what, what I heard, uh, coming top of mind was, Uh, A few of these wins that are almost like the compounding interest Mm. of your habits and behavior. That quick meditation, uh, scheduling things properly, um, and being able to protect your time and say no. Yeah, Like seemingly simple, but those little things compound day after day after day after day. And now your productivity, your efficiency, um, all of that, you're starting to see the compound interest effect but in business and in life. And you're like, oh, now I get it. Absolutely. And it took a long, yeah, it takes a long time for that to click um, in some people's mind, especially if we're conditioned in just kind of the nine to five life. Um, So very much appreciate hearing these boundaries. I'm actually learning a few lessons I might have to take myself here (laughs) and put up those uh, barriers. Um, Brilliant, brilliant conversation. Let's jump to the business side now of of your secret sauce um, and what you do and what you help other companies do. Um, So you've had a really unique perspective and experience in sales, and you're now translating that and bringing it to a system, a process, a playbook uh, for other businesses to capture and create. What is to the best of your ability, what is that uh, process or that approach or that system? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Um, and who do you help with it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, working backwards, I help organizations that are at that 10 million plus revenue, 10 plus quota carrier level. Um, really, I love early stage stuff. It's really fun. No offense, folks, but it's just such a treat to work with people that like have a tech stack and have their shit together, most of it um and what it feels like is helping folks talk with instead of at and like then we know what that feels like on the other end right like we've all been in conversations where somebody was talking at you like it it doesn't feel good like you don't feel heard you don't feel engaged but then as sales professionals we so often do that whether it's in our actual conversations or in our, you know, LinkedIn messages, in our cold email scripts. So the the vibe is how can I enable teams both with skill sets and like mindsets as well as the actual processes and copy to talk with instead of at prospects? And I have a methodology that I've developed that's the earn the right methodology. But it's really rooted in buyer-centric sales, right? Like, I'm not reinventing the wheel over here. I'm not trying to overcomplicate things. I'm trying to take what folks generally kind of know how to do but aren't quite getting right and just, just pivot it a little bit to make sure that we aren't doing all I, we, our language. We're talking in the language of the seller about things that matter to them, that we are knowing or hearing that we should do personalization. But every bit of personalization is like, hi, Travis, I see that you are a podcast, a podcast host out. Or like, hi, Leslie, you breathe air. I also breathe air by my thing. <laughs> um, and replacing that with like words that mean something to the person receiving them. So getting like, I, I'd so feel like all the advice I have. I'm like, just say no and your life will be changed. Like, just, you know, use something that actually means anything to the person receiving it and they'll respond to your email. So it's, it's so often these subtle shifts. Like I am, I'm not a super genius. I'm just there to enable folks to maybe question the historical ways that they've been selling that we were all taught to sell. And... Think about some new ways to reach out to folks that start conversations instead of uh, tell them that they need to buy your thing.
0: Love it. No, it's one of the things that I keep seeing over and over. Especially the more I try to get into personal development, professional development, you're like, all right, what's the? What, it's this, we see it in health too. Everybody thinks there's going to be this magic bullet, this proprietary system, like this crazy thing, but. Over and over, it boils down to a few key simple things. Um, in this case, boiling it down to simplicity of what efforts actually build relationships and move the needle in sales. Uh, focus all of your energy, time, management into those few buckets and watch how it humanizes. Uh, yeah, it's almost feels silly sometimes when you do try to it, it, you say it out loud. Um, But it literally is that simple. You have to humanize the process. And I think the biggest reason uh, this, I don't know, psychological void exists is just human laziness or efficiency factor or whatever. Like, we just think or hope that there's going to be, like, this mesh special button or this thing that we can just buy and activate. And 99% of the time, like— you just got to put in the work. You just have to actually put in the work. Sorry, folks.
1: It's too bad because those like silver bullet sales techniques sure sell a lot better than me being like, so really we're just going to shift our mindsets. And I'm I, like, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, very And of course I come in with like a deep depth of depth of like 15 years of expertise and a ton mm-hmm. of the data backed best practices, which is a mm-hmm. very important element. But if we're making the skill sets versus mindset argument, I have found in 15 years of leading teams, which is hundreds of people, and now, you know, helping hundreds of reps in this business, that it is more often that they need a partner to help them shift their mindset versus needing a partner to drill in skill sets.
0: Mm, Such a key thing that I think a lot of yeah, it's a bit of a red, red herring because the skills, the easy, the most tangible one. Um, but a lot of times these soft skills or mindset shifts really can be the game changer. So would love, love, love to keep that top of mind for folks. Um, sometimes the solution isn't, isn't that simple. So, uh, we'll be able to plug into your world here in a quick moment because we're about to play the world's fastest game show ever. Uh, And on the other end, we'll get a plug, uh, what you're up to, where people can connect with you and your awesome program and processes and all of that fun stuff. So are you ready to play this or that?
1: Ready as I'll ever be.
0: Yes, me too. So I'm using a random generator over here. So I'm going to be as surprised as you. Uh, But all we have to do is rock through three rounds. You just have to choose one of these two options. Okay. Round one begins now. All right, Leslie, do you prefer letters or numbers? Letters. Oh, easy. All right, yeah, this is quick, quick and easy. Un- un- undebatable. I
1: copy for a living, so I hope it's lettered. Oh,
0: perfect. Uh, <laughs> all right. The uh, next one: a full body sunburn or a single bee sting? Bee sting. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> all right. And the last one: very vital decision here. Waffles or pancakes?
1: Waffles.
0: Waffles, obviously waffles. I love the tone. Duh. Uh, All right. Congratulations. You have beat this or that. Your prize is to go ahead and share what are you up to right now uh, and how can this listener get involved in your world, your programs, anything that you've got going right now?
1: Uh, first I will share that twice in my childhood, I had a bee fly into my mouth and sting me on the inside of my mouth on two separate incidences. So there's a what? fun, there's a little fun, fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the answer. I just happened okay, twice.
0: So you were, you were, uh, desensitized to the bee stings early. Yeah. So you're, you're, you, you knew you could take it.
1: Out. Yeah. I like had dozens of bee stings. So I'm like full body sunburn. That sounds like cancer. Bee sting. Bring it on. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> um, but where can folks find me if they want more yeah. stories about these things and sunburns find me on tiktok at sales tips talk um i live on linkedin linkedin is probably the easiest place to actually get in touch with me i share content there daily but uh if you prefer video definitely tiktok i also recently started a youtube channel because i created a bunch of tiktok content that just absolutely was not right for tiktok so i thought why not test it somewhere else it's going really well. So you can also find me on Instagram and YouTube at B2B Sales Coach.
0: Perfect. Perfect. We'll go ahead and have those linked up here for folks and highly, highly recommend uh, that LinkedIn follow. Um, been following Leslie's journey for a while now, um, and it's been an amazing, amazing journey. So I do have to give you a moment of, of appreciation and recognition um, for all the months, pr- probably years now. Geez, I have been on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm extremely mindful of everybody's approach, their processes. There's people doing it right, doing it wrong. Um, and you are very much in the category of people doing it right um, in respectable ways, just putting in the work. Um, and I see it appreciate it. And the fact that you translate and extrapolate and relay all of these lessons and all of that experience that you could go be sitting in a mansion and a half million dollar home, like happy as, as could be, but kind of bored, kind of like not fulfilling it. I want other people to see this lane that you're carving and creating and you're helping others do that with, with what you're building. Um, And I admire the courage uh, especially now knowing the comparison of that decision uh i'm very grateful for the one you made
1: Well, oh, i i am too frankly it was uh the the right choice i didn't know i needed to make for so many reasons and i am so grateful a year later to be exactly where i'm at
0: Mm, So, so perfect. It's such a brilliant example of what and who we're trying to highlight on this show. So that brings us to our final, final question. Um, This last question is for one specific listener, they might be just starting or they might be stuck on that same fence that you're on. Uh, And we went over a lot of the strategy and systems and nerdy stuff but sometimes you just need a little little kick in the ass or a a spark in the heart. Uh, And that's what this last question is for. So what final words of advice can you share to send this listener into beast mode?
1: Ooh, you are the only person with your voice. And I know it can be easy to look around and think, that's already been done or that's so close to my idea. But remember that you are the only person with your lived experience and your perspective and your voice and what people are buying as much as the process or the copy or the framework is the person that it's it's coming for. So there, there is room. There's not just room for your voice. We need your voice. It matters.
0: Boom! There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the b to beast podcast. This has been Leslie Venets. You're a beast.